Welcome to Beyond the Skin, a podcast brought to you by Melt Skincare, bringing awareness and educating you on different aspects of healthy living and how they can show up on your skin. I am Monica Borelli, your host, and love all things related to skincare, nutrition, and health. Please remember, Beyond the Skin podcast is not medical advice, and we always encourage you to seek support from a medical professional. If you'd like to reach us, you can email us at info at meltskincare.com or visit our website at www.meltskincare.com to learn more about today's discussion. Hello, everyone. Today is our last episode of our first season. So if you have followed along and you've been listening and you've made it to this last episode, thank you so much for joining and supporting. It means so much to me. And we're really excited for today's episode because we're going to have a guest on our show. Normally, this is a solo podcast and you're just listening to me talk for about 10 minutes each episode. But today, I'm very, very excited because we are bringing on a dietitian who is extremely knowledgeable when it comes to nutrition, and she's really going to help tie in everything that we've talked about in the previous episodes. Can you guys guess who it is? Her name is Maya Kayunjic. Maya is a registered dietitian and just an overall fabulous human being. And fun fact for you guys, me and Maya actually met about four years ago in university. We studied the same program, which is food and nutrition. And after graduating, Maya went on to become a registered dietitian, and she's now working in clinical nutrition. Her clinical experience is in complex continuing care, rehabilitation, mental health, diabetes, pediatrics, and nutritional counseling in outpatient settings. So weight loss, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, and healthy lifestyle. So if you couldn't tell from that description, Maya knows her stuff, which is why I am super excited to have her on the show today, and I'm very honored that she agreed to do this with me. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do. It's going to be set up of more of a Q&A, so I'm going to be firing questions at Maya, and she's going to be giving us the best answer from a dietitian's perspective. So let's get to it. Without further ado, Maya Kayunjic. Okay, Maya, so we're going to start with collagen. And our first question is, we know that type 1, 2, 3, and 4 are the best types of collagen, but how do we know that we are consuming enough collagen for our overall health? So I think um, to ensure that we're consuming enough collagen in our diet, you just want to make sure that you're eating some form of protein with all of your meals and snacks. So what is protein? What are those sources? We have animal sources and then we have plant sources. So plant sources are things like beans and tofu and legumes. And then animal sources are eggs, fish, poultry, lean red meats. So just by consuming some form or some source of protein with all of your meals, you're going to ensure that you're consuming enough of those amino acids to help form the collagen. Okay. So you said have protein at every meal. Now, should we have protein every day? Yes. So you want to make sure that you're having protein every day and with every meal. So it's best to kind of aim to have about 25 to 30 grams per meal. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then that's just, that's going to vary depending on your activity level and your lifestyle, but just on average, about 25 to 30 grams of protein. And then you'll ensure you're getting enough to help form the collagen. 
So how do you measure 25, you said 25 to 30 milligrams? Yeah. Is there like little techniques that you can use so that you know you're getting enough at each meal? Yeah. So the easiest way is um, if you look at the palm of your hand, so that's about four ounces of meat. So whether it's chicken, fish, or you want a piece of tofu, so about that size. And then when it's cooked, the thickness of your pinky, that's the easiest way to know. Another way of kind of measuring that out is making sure about a quarter of your dinner plate is um, your protein choice. Okay. Interesting. So I know that everyone needs different amounts of protein per day. So is there a way to figure that out so that you know you're consuming enough for your body? My recommendation would be to speak to a healthcare professional or a dietitian. That's just going to depend on, you know, your activity level. Um, Athletes obviously need to consume more protein and with certain health conditions, maybe a little bit more or less protein. So that would be my recommendation is to speak to a healthcare professional so that you can know the exact amount. Okay, perfect. And do you believe that we need to consume supplements on top of our diet in order to make sure that we're consuming enough protein? So I I believe that if you plan out your meals and have a variety of foods in your diet, including protein sources, you can get enough from your diet. And then once you kind of have a pattern of eating and you're consuming a variety of foods, if you feel that you need additional nutrients or supplements or such as collagen, you can speak to your healthcare professional and then they can determine what would be safe for you to kind of consume. Okay. So I remember we talked about protein one time and I was telling you how, uh, this is like a side story, but I remember telling you how I don't think I was getting enough protein when I was working out. And then you were throwing like all of these random different, like different types of proteins that I could consume. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe she is right. Like maybe I do need to consume more. So then when I started to work out again, I actually listened to you and I eat protein at every meal. And after my workout, I always have a protein shake and it works. Like, I don't feel tired after my workouts. I feel like I have like more muscle, if that makes sense. Like it just, I feel a lot better. Yeah. Um, So protein contributes to the health of our joints, our muscle development, uh, our bodily function. So it is a very important macronutrient to include in our diet. All right. Good to know. And a little side tip, um, when we are talking about collagen, so vitamin C um, helps form the structure of collagen. So if you were concerned that you weren't um, eating enough collagen or or protein in your diet, every time pairing that protein source with vitamin C, so that can be anything from, you know, citrus fruit, bell pepper, strawberries, leafy green vegetables, things like broccoli and cabbage. So that vitamin C is very important to be paired with protein to help build the collagen. So do you have to consume it at the same time or just throughout the day if you're getting enough of both? It can probably be throughout the day, but just to ensure, you know, if you're going to eat a salad, you're going to have some leafy greens in there or some peppers, or, you know, if you're going to have a little yogurt parfait, adding in some berries and and, and that'll help contribute to um, the formation of the collagen. So our next nutrient is antioxidants. And as a dietitian, do you believe antioxidants are important for our health? And are they as powerful as people make them out to be? I do think antioxidants are very important um, because overall they just help prevent um, damage that's caused by environmental factors. And that can be anything from chemicals in our environment, processed foods, alcohol, smoking, 
um, just overall pollution. So I do think it is important um, to consumer um, antioxidants, but this can be done through food, right? And I'm going to go back to that concept of a balanced diet that I mentioned with collagen, but consuming lots of fruits and vegetables in our diet will provide enough antioxidants to kind of nourish our bodies and, and prevent or uh, improve the damage that's caused by all kinds of things in our environment. And what do you think the best sources of antioxidants are? Because I talk about blueberries all the time and I could literally eat an entire carton of them. Yeah. But <laughs> what are like other options other than blueberries that people can consume? Me too. I literally have a big bag of frozen blueberries in my refrigerator at work. Um, so yeah, there's it's found in all kinds of fruits and vegetables, even things like avocados, citrus fruits, all types of berries, not just blueberries, kiwi, mango. <laughs> then we can go to our leafy green vegetables, carrots, sweet potatoes, broccoli. It's found in uh, most fruits and vegetables. So including a diet that's rich in fruits and vegetables will... Um, be sufficient enough to for our antioxidant consumption. So is there like a certain amount that we have to consume each day? Or if you're just getting enough fruits and vegetables, you should be okay? So just a variety of fruits and vegetables. I like to say, you know, for our meals, you want to have about half of your plate um, filled with lots of vegetables and mixed greens. And then you can also include some fruit in there as well, or for snacks, including fruits and vegetables. So I, I think the best way of implementing this into our diet would be always aim to have half of your um, either meal or snack filled with fruits and vegetables. Okay. And you talked about free radical damage earlier. So what are some ways that we can avoid or reduce free radical damage from day to day aside from consuming antioxidants? Yeah, so I did mention it's various environmental factors. So, you know, chemicals in our environment, sometimes those are hard to avoid, but things like, you know, avoiding smoking cigarettes, limiting our alcohol intake, eating whole foods in our diet, things like that will really contribute greatly towards reducing the amount of pollutants in our environment. And staying out of the sun, right? Yes, staying Wearing out of sunscreen? the sun. Yes, wearing sunscreen. I've been very good about that. I know you lecture me from time to time, but I actually put sunscreen in my gym bag. So when I walk at lunch, I put it on my face. Thank you. The next nutrient is omega-3. So we know how important omega-3 is for our body, but for our skin especially. But do you believe that omega-3s are important for our body and brain health? Yes, I do believe omega-3s. Um, it's healthy fats, right? So they contribute to um, various growth and repair in our body. They contribute to heart health. Um, they help reduce chronic inflammation. They're also very important in brain, nerve, and eye development in infants. So um, having a diet that's rich in omega-3s um, is very important towards our health. So when I think of omega-3, I automatically think of avocados and salmon. But yes. what are some other sources of omega-3? Because you can't eat that all the time. Yeah. So I think everybody always goes towards salmon when they think of um, a fatty fish, but there's lots of other um, fish options out there. So salmon is one of them, but there's also mackerel, anchovies, sardines, trout. So it's a lot of those like freshwater um, fatty fish, but then also there's lots of omega-3 fats in 
plant sources. So walnuts, flaxseed, flaxseed oil, tofu, even um, it's even found in chia seeds and hemp hearts. So including some of those throughout the day and in your diet will really contribute to overall omega-3 intake. And is taking an omega-3 supplement, I guess, a bad thing? Because I know so many people do because they feel like they don't meet the requirements from day to day. It's not necessarily good or bad to take an omega-3 supplement. I think it would depend on, and I always go back to, you know, speak to your healthcare provider just because of various things like medications that you're on or other health conditions. So it's always important to consult your healthcare professional um, if you feel that you're not eating enough foods with omega-3s in them. But if you aim to have fish about twice a week, and then including things like walnuts and and flax seeds and um, tofu throughout the week, then you shouldn't have an issue or a problem with consuming the omega-3 fatty acids that are necessary for our health. Okay, that's good to know. The next nutrient is probiotics. Do probiotics really work, Maya? So I think that probiotics, um, when we talk about probiotics for our gut health, it's the good bacteria. Uh, So yes, they do. They contribute to overall gut health. Um, They boost our immunity. They uh, are overall gut flora is improved, our GI health. So yes, I think probiotics are a very important component of our diet. And I don't think um, there's enough focus on consuming them. Can you get probiotics through your meals? Because even like within school, I don't remember learning that much about probiotics other than supplements. Yeah, of course you can. Um, Fermented foods are very high in probiotics. So that would be things like yogurt, sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, uh, miso, tempeh are all fermented foods that are very high in probiotics and super easy to include in our meals and contribute to overall um, good gut flora. Okay, when you say yogurt, what kind? Because there's so many types of yogurts and they just have so much sugar in it. But like any yogurt or does it have to be Greek yogurt? So it's really up to your preference. Like I can give little tips and and pointers towards what yogurts would contribute to more nutritionally dense uh, products. So things like Greek yogurt or Geyer yogurt. So it's an easy way to add protein to our diet as well as they have probiotics in them. I always say if you can go for the plain versions of things and then flavor them, you know, with your mixed berries or a little bit of walnuts in there, a little drizzle of honey if you need the sweetness, because then you're adding more nutrients into that yogurt as opposed to just having a little yogurt with, you know, additional sugar added in there that might not necessarily contribute too much to your diet. But it's your own preference. If you do just like fruit yogurts, that is okay too. That's going to be adding in probiotics to your diet. Okay. So, if you're consuming all those foods that you had mentioned, do you still need, not need, but would you still want to take a probiotic supplement on top of that? You know, if you don't have any uh, gastrointestinal health issues, I think consuming probiotics through food alone is sufficient enough. Um, so just, you know, including a little bit of sauerkraut or kimchi with your lunch or um, a cup of kefir with your breakfast, um, you know, playing around with it and adding things like that. I think um, you'd be able to get those probiotics through um, food alone. Okay. And when everyone talks about probiotics, you always hear prebiotics. Mm-hmm. Do you have to have prebiotics for probiotics to work properly? 
So they work uh, synergistically together. And what that means is your probiotics are your good bacteria and prebiotics are promoters of that good bacteria. So they actually help feed the good bacteria in your gut. Um, so consuming prebiotics with probiotic foods will contribute to overall um, gut health and, and all of those things I mentioned, um, all of those benefits I mentioned earlier. So yes, I do think they're important. And can we get prebiotics through food as well? I feel like this is the theme of our conversation right now, but yes, you can get um, prebiotics through as well. I just actually don't know because I've never like, I've never taken a prebiotic supplement or looked into foods that are prebiotics. Yeah. So I've never taken a prebiotic supplement either. I just include them in my meals. So prebiotics are things like bananas, onions, garlic, leeks, asparagus, beans, whole grains. Um, That's just a list to start with, but it's including some of those foods with your probiotic foods, and then that'll contribute to your overall health. So the easiest way to look at that, if you make a yogurt parfait, take some Greek yogurt, add some banana to that, add some walnuts in there for those healthy omegas, um, add some mixed berries for those antioxidants. I think this is the trend that we're going with today, but (laughs) you know, focus on whole foods and you're not going to have an issue. Um, It takes a little bit of planning, of course, but you're not going to have an issue with getting enough through your diet. Okay. That's really good to know because I feel like people kind of go a little crazy sometimes and will just take every supplement because they don't think they're getting enough. Yeah. I always think, you know, um, a supplement isn't going to resolve anything um, or if your if your diet isn't uh, working for you, so focusing on creating well balanced meals, focusing on whole foods, adding a variety of fruits and vegetables, protein sources to your diet will contribute to your overall health. Okay. And I think that's where to start. And then if you feel like you're not getting some of those vitamins or minerals or nutrients, you can speak to a healthcare professional. And then supplements are meant to fill in the gaps, right? Yes. Um, as opposed to, you know, um, not focusing or not planning your meals out and not having a balanced diet, a supplement won't contribute to very much. Okay. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is water. I tell okay. people to drink water all the time and I just yep. love water. It's like my, my favorite drink, which is <laughs> crazy. Yep. Me but too. why is water so important for our health? So yes, water is my favorite drink of choice as well. But um, I think that you had mentioned it in one of your podcasts previously, the one on water specifically, but 60% of our bodies are made of water. So if you, if you think about it that way, um, water alone contributes to all of our body systems functioning well. So it's important to stay hydrated and get enough fluids in you throughout the day. And I think water is the easiest way to do that to ensure. So like I said, it keeps our body systems functioning, our organs, it prevents, um, you know, things like kidney stones and UTIs. It keeps our bowel movements um, regular. So it's just overall contributes to body functioning. So what do you tell for people that say to you that they don't like water? So I, you know, water isn't the only fluids we can take in, but it, it is 
the simplest fluid we can take in. And sometimes people just don't find it too plain or, or don't prefer it and prefer other things. And I, I say, you know, if you are somebody that just drinks juice, try diluting a little bit of juice into water or adding fresh fruit into your water to flavor it or having tea instead of just plain water is all different ways that you can add in to try to like improve the, the satisfaction of how water would taste for you. Um, I don't know, for me, I've always just had water. Every once in a while, I'll add some frozen fruit, you know, a couple of slices of strawberries or, or a lemon in there and that'll flavor the water. So it'll be something different, but that would be my recommendation. You know what I find helpful? Those water bottles that have the times written on it. Cause then you look at it and you're like, oh, I gotta make sure I drink this before 11 o'clock. And then you get enough water. I've seen those. I haven't tried them myself. My method of ensuring that I drink enough water is I have a bit, it's like a big canister, but it's 1.2 liters of water. So I am determined to drink a minimum of two of those for myself a day based on like my activity level. Um, So I know that I have one with me at work and I have one with me at home. So I I, I fill them up and then that's how I keep track of how much I'm consuming. But there's there's all kinds of ways. Yes. So that one water where it has the times on it. I've seen those. Those are very good. Um, Okay. So another question for you, coffee and tea, it's Mm -hmm. technically, it's like considered fluids like for water, right? But then aren't they also dehydrating you? So Not necessarily. I think that if you were to drink a lot of coffee throughout the day, more than, you know, your two to three cups, they would be considered dehydrating, but they do contribute to your overall fluid intake. And what's the best way to measure or to know that you're drinking enough water? So I think the best way to monitor that is by the color of your urine. So you want to aim to uh, have your urine color about pale yellow. Once it goes to like a dark yellow or an amber, you definitely need to have a glass of water with you. Um, That's the best way of measuring it because depending on the activity of the day that we have or our, our health body size age, it varies how much water we really need. And that's the easiest way to kind of monitor how much, how hydrated we are. So make sure you pay attention to the color of your urine. Okay, Maya. So our last question, which I've been waiting to ask you this entire time, is what is an example of a meal or a snack that contains everything that we just talked about? So collagen, antioxidants, omega-3s, probiotics, and water. Okay. So I, I wrote down a little, uh, a day worth of meals and snacks to kind of give an example of it. But really, I kind of gave little tips throughout the conversation. So when we look at our plate, we want to aim to have about half of our plates with vegetables or fruits. And that'll contribute to all those antioxidants and micronutrients and vitamins. And then we want to have about a quarter of our plate, a source of protein. And then the last quarter of our plate, a source of starch or grain. So those can be whole grains and that can contribute to the prebiotics we talked about. So if we look at breakfast, I'm just going to list off a couple of meals and then that'll be good examples of, of how we can include all of the stuff we talked about. So breakfast can be an egg omelet where you can have some leeks, you can have some kale, you can have some whole grains in there, maybe a little bit of cheese sprinkled with a slice of whole grain toast. So that would include your protein from your eggs for the collagen. <laughs> the leeks would be a prebiotic. The whole grains could contribute to um, omega-3s or the kale can contribute to antioxidants. 
Um, a snack could be, I, I mentioned this earlier, but, you know, taking Greek yogurt, plain Greek yogurt, adding a mix of berries of your own choice on there, some chia seeds and some banana. Uh, lunch can be a sample, an example of, let's say a mixed green salad with some roasted sweet potatoes in there, um, some bell peppers and a piece of salmon because um, that always sounds delicious. And then for the dinner meal, we can do something like quinoa with roasted chicken, asparagus, a little bit of sauerkraut, and then maybe mixing together some garlic and lemon um, and olive oil as a dressing to include some of those healthy fats in there as well. I'm just sprinkling it on the dish. That sounds so good. I feel like I always eat the same thing. So hearing you say that, is creative. <laughs> now I know what to eat tonight. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Maya, for joining. Is there anything you want to leave us off with before we end this um, episode? I just really want to say congratulations on your podcast, Monica. I listened to all your episodes. They're awesome. And I'm just very proud of you as a, as a friend and, and uh, observing you, as, you know, as you're developing your business. Thank you. That's so nice, Maya. Well, thanks well. again. You're very welcome. It was good chatting with you. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Skin podcast brought to you by Melt Skincare. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and are able to incorporate today's tips into your everyday life. If you'd like more information on today's episode, you can always email us at info at meltskincare.com. Get social with us. Follow us on Instagram at Melt Skincare Inc. And let us know what you thought of today's episode. If you found today's episode to be helpful, show us some extra love by leaving us a review. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to never miss an episode. See you next week.